Hey guys, Jason here. I just got done recording the episode and I went to hit save and there was a uh, an issue. Um, it froze. My laptop's been really acting up recently and the program hasn't been fantastic. Not going to name it by name, but has not been fantastic. I had to switch over programs. Hasn't been great. Um, there is a few dropouts. Um, there was two dropouts that happened. Uh, both were around 15 to 25 seconds in length. Um, instead of trying to re-record what exactly what I said and it being a wonky kind of inter, I don't remember exactly what I said. If I'm being honest, I listened to it back. I, I just cut it. I just, so there's two spots where I'm like mid sentence and it cuts and then I'm just pick up another sentence. I uh, just want to let you guys know um, on the front end of the podcast. That way you know what happened there. It's a weird cut. I know it's going to be weird when you're listening to it. I'm sorry. My apologies. I'll make sure this doesn't happen again in the future. At least I hope it doesn't. Um, not really in my hands. Thank you guys for understanding. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Reed, the acting site expert over at lakeshowlife.com, part of the Fan Sided Podcasting Network. Today is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021, and hand up, it's been a while. It's been about a week, a week and a day, a week and two days maybe, um, and I say that every episode. I say it's been a while. You know, we were originally a two to three times a week podcast, but I think with me doing this solo, I've uh, been doing this solo since around January, um, it makes more sense for the time being to be a weekly podcast, uh, especially as we hit this lull of the season, no more trade deadline, whatnot. Um, until the playoffs, I would say until the playoffs start, we're probably going to do once a week, um, and just commit to that once a week and really commit to having better quality necessarily over quantity. Um, the problem that I've been having is I plan for the early week episodes, the Mondays, you know, to be just me. And then I plan to get someone else on for later in the week. And, you know, I talk to people, I do reach out guys. I know I keep saying we're going to have guests, but, um, I also write and I also do these other things, not making excuses for myself, but, you know, I'll reach out and some things will kind of fall through, you know, some, it just happens. It's part of the business. It's part of the industry and I'm not having, you know, someone to find interviews for me and whatnot, you know, and having to write and do everything else, uh, can be a little time consuming. So we're going to, until the playoffs begin, we're going to go just once a week. Uh, that's what I'm going to commit to. Um, my boss is at fan sided. Hello. Uh, if you're listening to this, just going to do once a week for now. And of course, sprinkle in, um, extra episodes when we can when we can get those people to come on to discuss you know key matchups and whatnot but with lebron and ad being hurt it almost doesn't even feel right to match you know do like a preview of a game against a team like when they played the 76ers it just it didn't it didn't feel right you know we kind of knew the lakers are going to lose that game the whole time and they did uh so that's kind of where we're at here there's been a lot of stuff that's happened since we last talked most notably the nba trade deadline has passed the lakers did not make any moves i personally was not happy with that um and they did, they did make some additions, which we'll talk about in a second. But the fact that they didn't make moves was a little bit upsetting to me. Mostly, and it was one move in particular, was the Oladipo trade. So the Miami Heat traded uh, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and I believe a pick swap or a protected first-round pick. So it wasn't great, a great draft pick for Victor Oladipo, half a season. And it looked like he didn't really have a trade market. Um, you know, there's a lot of you know speculation throughout the league that he was going to re- either sign with Miami or New York um, once he hit became a free agent after the season so a lot of teams were like maybe leading scorer and really kind of just let him free let him go and see how much he can contribute you know as the number one while LeBron and AD are out 
number two is a lot can happen in three months, and who knows? Maybe Oladipo falls in love with L.A. The Lakers have his bird rights. They could go over the salary cap for him, whatever the case may be, and he suddenly becomes a three- to four-year option, and it's LeBron, AD, and Victor Oladipo. It, I, I think that's definitely possible. And, you know, C, which I only said two parts, but C is they didn't trade much, and the Lakers could have traded, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, um, I don't remember the exact package I had put together in an article I wrote. It was like KCP, Markeith Moore, something, just to get the financials right and then throw in, you know, future draft pick, whatever the case may be. They absolutely could have done that. You know, Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk both will probably get bought out. KCP, I mean, he's not great either, but they would have had him at least for one more season. So they could have traded him in the offseason for, you know, a second round pick, whatever the case may be. Um, they could have at least got more assets out of him as well. And I know we have some KCP, KCP fans that listen, but. He's inconsistent, man. He's He has some great games, and he has some terrible games, and that's going to rear its ugly head in the playoffs. Oladipo, I know he hasn't been fantastic this year, but he did show some signs, some flashes when he was still with Indiana. With Houston, not so much. Indiana, he did show some signs, and I think in the right team, in a competitive team like the Lakers, you get the most out of him. We see it all the time. We saw it with Dwight Howard. We saw it with you know Blake Griffin's playing better in Brooklyn. I'm sure LaMarcus Aldridge will as, as well. Um, these guys just play better when they have something to play for, and I'm not saying we'll – get the best version of Oladipo, the Lakers would. But maybe actually, you know, because he's younger. He's not older like Blake Griffin. He's not older like LaMarcus or Dwight Howard. He's still, you know, under the age of 30. He's what, 27, 28? So the ship has not sailed on prime Victor Oladipo. I mean, could it have been just a two-year kind of anomaly in his career? Absolutely, because he wasn't elite before that. But the, the ship has not sailed. And he's a fantastic two-way player, you know, when he was playing at his best. And he's a scoring option. Yeah, he's not a great three-point shooter. I get that. But he's a scoring option. And he's a real about that. I wrote an article about how the Lakers were the big losers of the trade deadline. Uh, did not get welcomed very, you know, did not have a great response, I should say. Um, but look, you know, they didn't get better. Everyone else got better. And it is what it is. Um, but they did make improvements afterwards, which was good. So my biggest worry was, you know, they were pretty much putting all of their eggs in the in the um, Andre Drummond basket, which is kind of worrisome because you don't even know. At the time, we had no idea whether or not the Lakers would actually get Drummond. Maybe the Lakers had more intel. They kind of knew it was going to happen, whatever the case may be. Um, but they were putting all their eggs in this Drummond basket, and then suddenly if they don't get Drummond, they're screwed. Like, what's the next best option? There are options, which we'll talk about in a second, that I want them to add, you know, now that they have Drummond. But it, it was, what, Hassan Whiteside, if he gets bought out, and that's a big if. Um you know, it was kind of like going all in on Drummond, which wasn't a guarantee. If you trade for someone, it's obviously a guarantee they're going to play. Luckily, Drummond did sign, and that's a great pickup for the Lakers. I mean, it's no surprise. I do think it's getting a little overblown in the media, if we're being honest. Uh, you know, you see like Bleacher Report and, you know, Clutch Points and all these different, you know, outlets, which much respect to them. You know, they're doing their thing just like we're doing our thing. But talking about how the Lakers are, you know, ready to go up against the Nets, all this stuff. And a full, healthy Lakers team obviously can go head-to-head -head with the Nets. I do worry about the Lakers' kind of runway when they return. Are they going to get enough time to get fully up to speed? you got to think about it. LeBron's 36 years old. He's not going to be 100% right away after one of the most, if not the most significant injuries of his career, um, either this or the groin from two years ago. He's not going to be fully up to speed right away. AD, yeah, he's younger, but he's dealing with an Achilles injury, which is just naturally troublesome. Uh, he's going to, you know, A, he didn't tear it, so that's a good thing, but A, people don't come back from Achilles injuries. This isn't a tear, so it's better. Um, and B, you know, he's going to be favoring it a little bit at first, I believe. And he's not going to be him his full self. So 
if they can get 10, 15 games together to kind of get that runway to the playoffs, then absolutely. But there's no guarantee that's the case. So we might head into the playoffs with an 80% LeBron James, 80% Anthony Davis. Um, and who knows? They play a team like the Denver Nuggets. Could be troublesome. But going back to Drummond, I don't think this pushes the Lakers necessarily over the edge. I think it's fantastic for the team. And I think it's more important that LeBron and AD or LeBron and AD when they come back. Drummond just fits a need. I mean, Drummond himself is not someone who's going to swing an NBA championship. But the Lakers needed him. Marc Gasol has been playing very poorly. Um, there's now speculation that the Lakers might buy Marc Gasol out, which I personally wouldn't understand, I guess, just to get the financial freedom of next year because um, they have multiple guys that are coming off the books and they want to re-sign him. I get that. But you still kind of want that depth, I would argue. It is what it is. But maybe Gasol doesn't want a lesser role. Who knows? Drummond, he fits a need for this team. They needed rebounding. They needed defense. They needed someone who can at least score offensively. Marcus Gasol has not been able to stretch the floor as imagined, and he just hasn't done really anything offensively. He's been extremely inefficient. Drummond's not going to stretch the floor, but he, you know, next to LeBron James, just catching lobs and whatnot. Again, LeBron's not playing for a while. You know, he's going to be great. Look what LeBron did to Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. He's going to make Andre Drummond that much more efficient offensively. That's just going to happen naturally. But, you know, yeah, he's a box score stuffer. He'll get 15 and 15, maybe not a game, but he'll have 15 and 15 nights. He'll get 15 and 10 a game, and it'll look great. But, you know, it's it's still a big man in 2021. The modern NBA, where three-point shooting is the most important, and the Lakers aren't the most consistent three-point shooting team, if we're just being honest, if we're just being frank. Um, so there's, there's more they have to do. It's not just Drummond. Drummond's not enough. Again, if LeBron and AD are playing full strength, you know, full speed, then it's just really hard to match up with them. But there's more competition this year than last year. I mean, the Clippers, I think they're better. Um, same superstars, you know, they kind of get, they got rid. I thought the Lou Williams for Rajon Rondo swap was smart by them. A lot of Clipper fans hated it, but they got shooters around them. You know, I think they're a better team. I think the Denver Nuggets are a way better team, especially after the deadline, getting JaVale McGee and Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's one of those overrated players, but he's going to be their fourth or fifth best player when he's out there, and that's great. That's a great position to be in. If he's your fourth or fifth, fifth best player, that's phenomenal, um, just as a slasher and as an above-average defender. You know, someone who's not going to control LeBron James, but someone who could athletically and whatnot, um, that's just a huge pickup for the Nuggets, I think. Uh, they're better. The Suns are obviously way better. The Jazz are playing great basketball. And you look over at the East, you got the Sixers, which is – you know, a terrible matchup, especially if MB comes back and is playing MVP level in the playoffs and they make the finals against the Lakers. I would assume that he would be doing that. Uh, the Nets just have the most star power. And, you know, star power usually wins championships um, nine times out of ten. And, yeah, KD's been banged up. Who knows if he even comes back at this point? He should. Uh, he will. I mean, he's on track to, but who knows with these things. Um, but they still have James Harden. They still have Kyrie Irving. You know, Blake's been playing better. I'm sure LaMarcus will play better, like I mentioned. DeAndre Jordan's a fine vet. Um, Gary, not Gary Harris, excuse me. Joe Harris is a great, you know, role player. They got guys. They really do. Um, there's competition. You know, you still have the Bucks in there. Everyone's overlooking the Bucks. You know, it's still Giannis and the Bucks. Although, I really would love a Lakers Bucks NBA Finals. I feel like that's the best realistic matchup for the Lakers, just because I feel like they can stop Giannis and they just have too much firepower for uh, Milwaukee. But that's besides the point. There's a lot of competition. And the Lakers need to add more. They cannot be complacent. And I know it's it's kind of a bad fan habit to, like, just keep asking the Lakers, you know, add more and add more and add more. But we're being realistic here. Um, they need a little bit more help. They do. Um, and we look at the buyout market. They have until April 9th. And there's one name that jumps off the page to me. And that's Otto Porter. Otto Porter is one of those players. He's like Nicholas Batum, who's actually been a great role player for the Clippers this year. He's one of those players that got such a terrible contract from the uh, Washington Wizards. Such a terrible contract 
that he has now become underrated. So he was a solid role player, solid young role player for the Wizards. The Wizards overrated Otto Porter. Uh, that's safe to say. They thought he was going to take another step as he was you know, getting better throughout his career. He didn't. He was kind of just the same guy. But they thought they were gonna, he was going to take that step, and they paid him big money. So then for the last you know, four years, whatever it's been, uh, it is four years, four years, $106 million contract. For the last four years, you know, we've been looking at that salary figure next to Otto Porter, and it's like, okay, well, that's a terrible contract. Otto Porter's not a good player. That's just not true. He's just not worth a $26 million salary, four years, $104 million, whatever I said it was. You know, my computer's been loading extremely slow on, the, uh, on Google Chrome. So he's become underrated because his contract is so bad, but he's still a really good contributor, and he would fit so perfectly on this, on this Lakers team. So he was traded to the Orlando Magic in the Vucevic deal, uh, the Magic, or the Bulls getting Vucevic, excuse me. And the Magic have no reason to keep him around. He has played a few games with the Magic, but, you know, he's getting paid $28.5 million. They're going to be on the hook for 14 dollars whatever the case is, a little bit less because it's less than a season, half season. They're going to be on the books. Might as well save $3, 4000000 million. Maybe he doesn't give up that much. Maybe that's a wrench in the thing. But might as well save some money and buy him out. I mean, you're a tanking team. Um, I don't think Otto Porter is necessarily part of their future plans. Maybe he is. If he is, then, um, you know, this means nothing. But if he's not part of the future plans, then there's no reason not to buy him out and not just commit to the tank and just do the agent a favor that way for the future. Save a few million on the books and just, you know, move on from it. This isn't the guy you drafted. This isn't the guy you signed. You're not throwing all your eggs in his basket. You know, you just kind of got him to match the salaries. Um, and again, if they like him for the future, that's one thing, but so buy him out. And then if the Lakers, this is, if you're the Lakers, this is who you should be watching. You should be waiting for Otto Porter to hit the market and you should be pushing hard for Otto Porter. Once he hits the market, the Lakers, I believe have 1.3 million. If that's not, if I'm not mistaken, it's right around there in, um, space under the hard cap. The longer time goes on, the less and less that contract is worth, uh, just naturally because there's less service days, whatnot. Um, they can't afford another buyout signing and they're looking for a three and D player supposedly reportedly I should say and Otto Porter's that guy I mean you look at his box score numbers and you're not going to be you know super impressed this year he's averaging 9.7 points 4.4 rebound 5.5 rebounds excuse me two assists per game but he's shooting 39 percent from beyond the arc he's got effective field goal percentage of 52 which isn't great but he's had much better throughout his career so he has a much higher ceiling he's got up to 60 which is great for a forward um and he's just he's not shooting the basketball very much. That's why his scoring numbers are down. He's only averaging eight shots per game, the least since his second year in the league. Um, so he's averaging 9.7. He's shooting the basketball really well. He's a career 40% three-point shooter. And he's a decent defender. He's not an elite defender. He's not a great defender, I'd even say. Um, you know, this season he's been a little bit below average just in terms of defensive box plus minus at a negative 0.8. But, you know, he's not been, he hasn't played on the greatest defensive teams in the Chicago Bulls or the Orlando Magic. I mean, it's only been one game for the Magic. Um but he wasn't playing on the best, you know, defensive team in the, the Bulls. That's going to hurt him naturally. Um, previously in his career, the Bulls, you know, he had a 0.2 the year prior, 0.1 the year before that, 1 the year before that, 0 0.9, 0 0.8, 0 0.6. He's, he's a good enough defender, especially in the right defensive scheme. The Lakers have the right defensive scheme. Um, they just do, you know, Frank Vogel's a fantastic defensive coach, and they're going to utilize him to the best of his abilities. And he's naturally athletic, and he's long. And he could be, at worst, an average defender, at best, you know, someone – Slightly better than KCP, who is a good... Everyone mistakes KCP as his 3 and D great defender. He's not that. He's good at checking other guards on the perimeter and a decent perimeter defender. He's not your traditional wing defensive player. Um, 
Kyle Kuzma's been taking a little bit of steps forward. But besides that, the Lakers don't really have much. Wesley Matthews is okay, uh, extremely inefficient offensively. So, I mean, it's really hard to play him, especially when you have Caruso, who is your best wing defender, but he's also, you know, a non-factor offensively. So they need someone who can play both ways, and that's Porter. Um, he's a he's really solid offensively. He's really efficient, and he's a good enough defender. I mean, we look at earlier in his career, he was averaging 14 points, six boards, two assists a game. Like, he's been up there. He's shot. I mean, his three-point percentage shots throughout the years, starting in 2015-2016, he was 22 years old. He was at 36.7%, 43%, 44%, 40%, 39%, 39 39%. So he's a consistent shooter. Uh, he doesn't – he's taking a decent amount of shots. He's taking over four a game um, most years. He's 3.8 this year. And he's just someone who would fit so perfectly on the Lakers, um, a better version of Wes Matthews, who I've been really disappointed with this year, and someone who they could bring back after the fact. This could be someone who they bring in on a trade. And they resigned to a two-year, fifteen to twenty million dollar deal, whatever the case is, um, and because he fits the identity of the team, and he's someone who could really help. He's like a cheap man's Victor Oladipo, um, at least for me in my eyes. I mean, they're very different players because <laughs> Oladipo doesn't shoot the three, uh, but to me, he's the cheap man's Oladipo, and I really wanted Oladipo, so um, it just it makes too much sense. Now we have to wait and hope that the Magic actually buy him out. Um, if they have future plans for him, they want to keep him around. They're just not going to do that. Um, and if they do do that, then the Lakers are a great place for him. There's going to be other teams. The Nets could use them. You know, they could use anyone. They're just stocking up on talent as they should. Um, I think a team like the Phoenix Suns even would be good for him. I think a team like the, you know, the Lakers that might be the best fit. I know it's a team like the Lakers, the Jazz. I don't really see him fitting in that scheme. The Clippers, they they got too many of Auto Porters pretty much. Maybe a team like the Bucks could swoop up on them. Maybe a team like the Sixers if they want even more shooting, which they should. But really, the Lakers are the best fit for him to not only win a title, because any of those teams are going to contend for a title. The Lakers, I think, have a better chance than every of those teams except the Nets. Um, but the Lakers are the best chance for him not only to win for a title, but to also play for his next contract and actually get a role where he's going to get 18 to 22 minutes per game um, and get decent minutes and put up good numbers and try to get a new contract. Cause that's also part of the equation for these buyout guys. Yeah. They want to contend for a title, but when you're 27 years old, like Otto Porter, you're not a 36 year old buyout who literally just wants a title. You're a guy who's playing for his next contract, much like Andre Drummond is much. Why that's why he liked the Lakers. Cause he was going to get a starting role in the Lakers and he was going to play big minutes and he was going to play for his next contract. I still don't think he's going to sign for much because NBA teams are smarter now than they were four years ago. Um, at least they should be, but you know, he's going to want to play for that next contract. So Lakers just make too much sense for him. Uh, he makes too much sense for the Lakers, and it's really a perfect fit. So just keep an eye out for Otto Porter. If he gets bought out, that's the guy you should want to see in the Los Angeles Lakers. There's other guys. Um, Austin Rivers got bought out. I know it was expected he was going to go with the Bucks, but I don't think that's confirmed yet. I could be wrong about that. Um, yeah, it's not confirmed yet. I mean, everyone thought LaMarcus was going to the Heat. So... That means nothing. It's just the Bucks are the favorites, um, the front runners. I, I don't love Austin Rivers. He was god-awful in the playoffs last year. Uh, you have guys like Avery Bradley who could be a potential buyout option. I don't like Avery Bradley. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, fun, but no thanks. Um, that's not what the team needs right now. They, they need – getting a three like Porter, excuse me, is ideal. That's the best way for the team to go, and I think that's what they're looking at next. If I just had to guess, I don't have any reports, any insight but I would guess that's what the Lakers are looking at next to wrap up the podcast. You know, we're about to hit that. We're about to hit the 20 minute mark. We always go for 25, 30 minutes, you know, keep it short in and out, you know, great listen for you guys, hopefully. 
um, let me know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Five-star review preferably. But if I'm not five-star material, I understand. I get it. Maybe just leave me a five-star review anyways um, just for my self-esteem. Another storyline for the Lakers, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder. So it was reported today by, um, oh, God, Brian Windhorse on the Brian Windhorse and the Hoop Collective podcast. It wasn't necessarily reported. He said in conversation. Well, I guess he is reporting it. Whatever. Tomato, tomato. That Schroeder reportedly rejected a four-year, $84 million contract extension offer from the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, Schroeder's an impactful player. We saw how bad the Lakers' offense looked in the four games he was out. You know, with LeBron James playing, he does make a difference. Does he make a $21 million difference over four years? Well, four, 21, you get what I'm saying. No, I don't think so. And I think Dennis Schroeder is wrong to deny this contract, to not deny, to um, turn down this offer from the Lakers. I think this is a great offer. I think the Lakers like Dennis Schroeder a lot, and I think they're overpaying a little bit offering offering him this much. And him saying no is interesting. Is there going to be another team that offers him more? I don't know. Is this the highest the Lakers should go? Absolutely. I'm okay with overpaying three, four, five million dollars extra per year to keep Schroeder if they really, really like him and they like what they could do with him and they have this vision. Absolutely. Anything higher than 21, I just can't do personally. And I hope the Lakers feel the same way. If it was up to me, I would try to do like a three-year 60, 20 million for three years. Or maybe like a four-year 64, 16 million. I don't, he's obviously not going to go that low. But that's just how I personally value him. Anywhere between 16 and 20 million. And he wants more. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to get a $100 million contract. Uh, $25 million over four years. Four, four years, $100 million even. You know, that's a nice round number. I'm sure that's something he's aiming for. He could say he signed a $100 million contract. Now, if some team, if the best offer is $99.9 million, he's not going to say no. But I think that's what he's probably going to go for after turning this down. Um, cause I don't think he's going to turn down like, Hey, I want 22 million. I want 23 million. Maybe he will. But like, if he really likes the Lakers, like he said, he is, I think he would give them a 1 million, 2 million discount, you know, understanding that they need that, that extra one or 2 million could come up huge, you know, next season. So I think he's looking for 25 million, uh, personally, and he's just not worth that money. He's barely worth 21 million. Yes. He's had a great impact on the team, but he's a, what an average NBA point guard. If we're just being honest, he hasn't been as good this year. Um, just in terms of the traditional box score and whatnot, but he hasn't been as good. And his plus minus, I believe the Lakers have an offensive rating that's six points higher when he's on the court. That's great. But he's also played 67, I think it was, percent of his minutes with LeBron James. So that's going to help. And I just, I I don't know, man. I, I don't think he's worth that much money. You mean you look at, look at his Adela- Atlanta days, Atlanta, Atlanta's days. Atlanta. Why can't I say that city? Atlanta days. He was traded to the Thunder. In a salary dump, the Thunder were trading Carmelo Anthony to the Hawks. The Hawks bought out Carmelo. Just They were trying to save up more money over time because they traded multiple years of Schroeder for one year of Carmelo and then just bought out Carmelo right away. That shows you how much value Dennis Schroeder had just, what, three years ago? Where the only deal the Hawks could uh, make for him was in a salary dump to another team who then flipped you know, one year left on his deal. Now, why is this important to the Lakers? This is important to the Lakers because if I'm the Lakers, I'm looking at Schroeder and I'm okay with paying him $20 million, $21 million. Because you look at the future and you say, look, we pay him $20 million. might be a slight overpay. However, it's like a three-year deal. That gives us the possibility in the future, if the opportunity arises, something they can't do right now, to trade for a superstar. You have $20 million intruder. You have whatever Kuzma's is, $15 million, And then you have THT's new contract. You know, that's a three-player 
package you could look at in the future. Not saying they're not saying they're signing Schroeder just to trade him in the future, but you're looking at it like, okay, yeah, we might overpay, but we could flip this asset later. It makes sense. It's smart. The problem is, is if they go up too high in price and there's too many years on it, teams aren't going to want Schroeder. If someone like the, I don't know, Minnesota Timberwolves are going to trade Carl Anthony Towns, which it was, you know, speculation this morning, actually, at the time of recording this, that they might be shopping D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. If you're shopping Carl Anthony Towns, why are you going to want Kyle Kuzma? Fine. Kalen Horton Tucker. Fine. Why are you going to want to take on three and a half, four years, two and a half, two and a half to four years, depending when the trade happens. Years of Dennis Schroeder at 21 plus more than that now, because he said no to this at 23 million plus per year. You're just not going to want to. It's not going to make a lot of sense because it's not going to be a good contract. Just like it was in my in Atlanta. It was not a good contract. They could not move it. They didn't. They weren't able to trade Schroeder for a, an expiring in a second rounder. I mean, maybe they could have, um, but they got nothing in that Carmelo trade. They really didn't. Um, nothing of value, at least. So they're not going to be able to flip him, and they're going to be with this asset that's taking up a lot of the salary cap. And yeah, he'll be playing fine. He'll be contributing. But I would much, 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 much rather spend half of that to get 85, 90% of Schroeder, which they can do. Trade for someone just like they do with Schroeder. Trade for an expiring. That's going to be a cheap trade cost. Do something. Um, they could do something, get 80, 85% of the player, and then still be able to re-sign Alex Caruso. Still be able to re-sign Taylor Horton Tucker. Because if they go too high on Schroeder, they're just not going to be able to afford uh, Alex Caruso and THT. They don't have bird rights on... Um, they have, I believe, early bird on Crusoe. They don't have it on THT. Now, that he is restricted, so they have the mat the right to match it. But again, if he gets that poison pill offer sheet and the Lakers are over the salary cap, they have to take his average cap hit. They won't be able to afford his average cap hit. And then THT is gone. And you didn't trade him at the deadline because you really like THT and you want to sign him and you want to build or not build around him, but have him be a key contributor moving forward. That's all fine. But to do that and then lose him because you overpaid Dennis Schroeder five, six, seven, eight million dollars, like that just... That do, that's not smart business, and the Lakers at this point should tell Dennis Schroeder, I wrote an article, to kick rocks. Obviously, they can't actually tell him to kick rocks. If Rob Plinka called up his agent and said, hey, tell Dennis to kick rocks, his team or his morale is just going to you know, be terrible for the rest of the year. But you know, this should be the final offer. Four years, $21 million, $84 million. Move it up to 85 if you want to. Tack on an extra quarter of a million. Because even trading Schroeder at $21 million per year – might be a little tough if down the line if you need to, if you need to open up space, if you want to get a superstar, whatever the case may be. But I, I just I think that's it. I don't think he can go much higher. I don't think Schroeder's going to be a different player than he has been thus far. He's been good with the Lakers, don't get me wrong, but I don't see him taking another step up and being a traditional third star. And he doesn't have to be a star, but just being the third best player that's worth 25 to $23 million, He's just I don't see him being worth that. As an expiring with the salary he's making now, that's perfectly fine. On a three- to four-year deal, it just doesn't make sense. I can't sit here and clown the Clippers like I did in the offseason for paying Markeith Morris and Luke Kennard $64 million each and then not clown the Lakers for paying Schroeder $100 million if that's what, that's what it looks like we're trending towards. It's just bad business, and I know they like Schroeder, and I'm sure he's great in the locker room, and he's a great teammate, and he's a really, really good basketball player. But let someone else bit out, you know, get in a bidding war for Schroeder. Let someone else pay him $100 million. Let a team like, maybe not Charlotte anymore. They seem like they've smartened up. Let a team like the Sacramento Kings or the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> well, 
maybe not because they wouldn't trade for him. Let a team that is desperate for talent, that does not have talent, sign Schroeder to this dumb contract because there will be a team that has, you know, uh, money burning in their pocket and they're not in the mix for a superstar and they have a young core and they just want to get a veteran like Schroeder thinking they could trade him down the line. Let a team overpay for him. Let him hit the open market. See what that market price is because there's a good chance that it's not as high as Schroeder thinks and he does come back to the Lakers. Now, you run the risk of him just signing a, a similar deal with someone else, but who knows? If he really likes the Lakers, he wouldn't do that. So let it let it go out. See if there's a team that's willing to overpay him. Give him a bad Otto Porter contract. We just talked about Otto Porter. Shooter would become essentially – Shooter was like Otto Porter for a long time. He was underrated because his contract was so bad. It doesn't make sense to sign him to another bad contract. Let another team do that. Let another desperate team do that. Don't fall victim to it. I know the Lakers love him, and I know no one from the Lakers is actually listening to this, but don't fall victim to your love of Dennis Schroeder and just let the season play out and go for it from there. I'd rather have THT and someone who's 80% of Schroeder than overpay for Dennis Schroeder. Let me know what you think. Leave us a review. Uh, you could go read my article over on lakeshowlife.com where I talked about this. Uh, you could leave a comment there. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, let us know on Twitter at the Lake Show Life um, or at myself at Eat Your Reedies, like Eat Your Wheaties, but it's Reedies, R-E-E-D-I-E-S. Um, let me know. Let me know what you think. Am I alone on this? I know our, our contributor, uh, Ronald Agers, he feels the same way. So let me know. Are you with me and Ronald? Are you against us? Do you like Schroeder? Pay him at any cost? Let me know. As always, guys, enjoy your week. Uh, stay safe out there. Um, have a great week. There's no holidays coming up. I was going to say, have a great April Fool's Day. Play a good April Fool's Day prank. In the meantime, go Lakers.